Hello and welcome to episode 190 of section 138. We are in person in Bryson's car. We just got out of the Jays game. The Jays unfortunately losing, but opening weekend, a massive success for the Blue Jays. They take two of three against the Texas Rangers. Um, it really had it all, except for good pitching. Um, <laughs> the Blue Jays had offense. They had a crazy opening day. Uh, the second game, also good. They come back from a 3-2 deficit and end up winning by one run. And then today, being the clunker of them all, they lead by, I think it was, what, 6-1? Yep, 6-0. And then they end up 6 nothing, and then they end up trailing, unfortunately, and they lose 12-6. to But uh, by and large, a crazy opening weekend. It's nice to have baseball back, and it's nice to be in person talking here in Bryson's car. <laughs> um, I guess I don't have to ask how you guys are doing because I've, I've talked to you for the last three hours. <laughs> but, um, yeah, what are, your, uh, what are your takeaways from this series? What are you making of the first Blue Jays series of the year? Well, first of all, um, it was definitely an interesting weekend because of what you were saying, is that the starting pitching wasn't all there. But at the same time, the Jays took two out of three, which is something that's pretty hard to do when your starting pitching's not there. So, I mean, obviously the highlight, I think, for all three of us who were, we were all here on Friday as well was the home opener. I thought that was definitely the highlight of the weekend. The atmosphere was electric. It was great seeing you guys again. And, of course, I mean, that was probably the best game. I mean, the Jays looking like everything was going to fall apart after that you know, first inning from Jose Barrios, he didn't even finish the inning. And that, it just felt like it was going to be almost like a waste of a night. And then all of a sudden the Jays started slowly and slowly chipping away. And they eventually tied the game from a Teoscar Hernandez three run home run. We know how good he's been throughout the weekend minus today. So that happened. And of course the Jays took the lead fast and they really showed the team they were meant to be. So you moved to obviously, and then in the second game of the series, Kevin Gosman wasn't exactly sharp. But I thought he was still good enough. And, of course, he had the one inning, really, where things kind of blew up on him. So that's pretty much what affected his line. So that looked all right, too. And, then of course, today we know what happened today. It just started off so well, kind of an opposite of what happened on Friday. I mean, it was pretty much the opposite ends of the table where the Jays get out to a good lead. And then they lose it midway. And it just felt like from there they couldn't really get back going. You know, the, the offense kind of shut down after that third inning. So... Overall, though, despite the starting pitching, which was pretty hard to do, despite I think you got like eight innings combined from all three of Jose Barrios, Kevin Gosman, and Hunjin Ryu, pretty successful uh, starting the year two and one. And of course, better than being below 500, because that's usually what we see from this team kind of in the opening weekend, opening series. So that's why it's kind of a little bit of a different story. But the hype is real. We've seen the atmosphere at Rogers Center throughout the weekend. It's going to be a really fun year after this first series of the year. Yeah, I got to say it was quite entertaining i think from a just a fan presentation perspective especially those new lights and the offense of this team like it's it's a dangerous dangerous lineup and even though they did lose sunday they were up by quite a bit they had a four spot in the first inning matt chapman the new guy three run home run that was amazing but as happy as i am about this overall result i am a little bit concerned because you cannot rely on scoring 10 runs or you know six seven runs a game and have that be still resulting in losing because I mean at the end of the day the Rangers are they're, they're not a terrible team I know we kept debating this throughout the day throughout the weekend I think the thing that concerns me is the fact that despite taking this series and despite having an offensive showdown you did you needed that offense and going into a series against the New York Yankees where uh, it's a four-game series I'm assuming you're going to see Garrett Cole the Yankees obviously are a good team and I predict projected them to really trail the Blue Jays all season that needs to be looked into, and obviously this is very raw. We're literally 10 minutes after, you know, the final pitch, so <laughs> yeah. we don't even know what's up with uh, Hyunjin Ryu. I know he got hit by a pitch. I think it was a hamstring you guys were telling me earlier, so we'll have to see what happens with that, but 
Alec Manoa, we're going to need a big start out of him after Kevin Gosman. Not a terrible first pitch or first outing. Jose Barrios, we're going to see him for the second time. But from my perspective, it a good series overall, but there definitely were some things to be concerned about. And the bullpen, I think the pitching overall, it's it's going to need to be worked on if this team wants to contend. And yeah, you want to. You only need, I don't know, I mean, if you're going to win 92, 95 like the rest of the league's projecting, still good. Not a terrible start by any means, but it's uh, a lot of things are, I think, going to need to be worked on if this team wants to contend. Uh, you mentioned the bullpen. I got to be honest, I'm not even worried about the bullpen. I'm not, to be honest, even worried about the starting rotation just because, I mean, yes, that was obviously the big talking point from this series, and that was a big struggle of the Blue Jays in the three games. As we mentioned, we saw Jose Brios only get one out in the opener. Kevin Gosman, better, not totally what we know he can do. We know what he's capable of, but we saw flashes of brilliance there. We saw the splitter really working for him there. And then even Ryu, we saw what he can do in the early innings. He fell apart later there, and obviously that's a concern. And and knowing what we saw from Ryu last year, that's a concern. But by and large, I'm not. It's small sample size. Like the pitching is not a concern. From what we think we know so far, at least, it's going to bounce back. It's going to be somewhat steady throughout the entire season. I don't think that's a concern. Really, I'm not concerned about anything coming out of this series. It's frustrating to see the rotation struggle, um, but I. I'm really not concerned about it. You look at the Texas lineup, as bad as we might think Texas is overall, they don't have pitching, obviously. They have a really good starting lineup. They have Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager, and that's really all you need to know. They have Brad Miller as well. They have Adolis Garcia as well. They have a bunch of guys who are really, really good hitters. So they're a really strong team offensively. So when you look at it from that perspective and the fact that this is three games, you have the opening day jitters with Jose Barrios, you have Kevin Gosman first start with a new team, and he only gives up three runs. And then you have Hinjun Ryu, who we don't totally know what we're getting from him this year. But I, I think, by and large, you can be pretty happy with what happened this weekend. And I don't think any of us are complaining. I don't think any Blue Jay fan is complaining about what happened. And long term, I don't think there's really any concerns. No, not at all. I mean, <laughs> it's just, I don't know if, oh, there we go. So sorry, we're just first in-person podcast. But yeah, I just think... As much as we're not concerned, especially Friday, it was just, it was disappointing. Like, you know, Jose Barrios, fresh off the contract, fresh off of being named that opening day starter, you just felt he was trying to do way too much. And of course, you know, the Jays starting off how they did that game, it obviously was what, I think it was 4 nothing before they picked up a bat. So that's the only thing as I'm not concerned about, but it just, it was definitely disappointing because of that. And of course, you know, Kevin Gosman, he had good moments with the splitter mark. You were talking about it. You were here on the Saturday as well. So as much as he wasn't sharp overall, and we know he, he can be a lot better from what we've seen last year. And of course, throughout the past, um, it was still definitely interesting to see him pitch pretty well. I mean, Again, not too sharp, but he's going to be better than that. And, of course, uh, Hunjin Ryu, I think, out of those two guys, probably the biggest concern, even if there's a little bit overall just because of that. We know, you know, Mark, you said it. I mean, there's kind of similarities to last year where he'd have a good start and then there would be that blow-up inning where he completely lost, completely fell off the rails on all aspects. I think today was his fastball, which was really struggling. So he's got to figure it out. I know he was diagnosed with a hamstring contusion, so we'll see if he misses any time. But now... Um, going into New York in a four-game series, you're going to see the other two guys and Alec Manoa, Jacob, you touched on it, and of course, Yusei Kikuchi. So that's going to be interesting to see. And of course, the Yankees and Red Sox coming off a pretty um, interesting series themselves. I think the Yankees started off 2-0. We'll see how they do today. So uh, it's going to be a really, really good series in the Bronx, and that's really what I'm excited to see. But 
once the starting pitching gets better and the offense pretty much continues to play the way they have been, it's going to be a pretty um, it's going to be a pretty good team because, of course, as much as they finished this weekend two and one, it wasn't exactly a finished product of their full potential. And the bullpen really wasn't that bad, in my opinion, either. I mean, you look at today, especially on the Sunday, it kind of felt like they were just going to their bubble guys in terms of uh, Trent Thornton and, of course, Taylor Saucedo, two guys who, if you make the argument. If Nate Pearson and Ryan Barucki are both healthy, two guys that probably aren't on this bullpen right now. So other than that, throughout the rest of the weekend, I thought we had really good appearances, of course, from Jordan Romano. He came out both games, and of course, what a light show for his entrance when he comes out. Two saves already to start the year, and of course, other guys as well. Jimmy Garcia, one of the biggest additions for the bullpen. I thought he had a good weekend as well. So... Despite last year, and I guess a, in a difference from last year, the bullpen starting off the, the the season relatively well is definitely interesting, and it's definitely different from last year. So that's also why I'm not too concerned in the starting pitching. We all know it's going to be better than this. I mean, pretty unsustainable for somebody like Jose Brios to get one out. So we all know that's going to change. So that's why I'm also excited to see how he bounces back on Wednesday. But yeah, overall, a really fun series, and you can definitely feel the buzz now. We've talked about how we're predicting all this and all that, but we finally saw it throughout this weekend at Rogers Center, which is why my excitement has definitely jumped to another level for sure. Yeah, and I think one thing that's important to note about the bullpen is it covered a lot of ground in general, but probably more ground than you want it to actually cover because, you know, with Barrios, obviously a third of an inning, pretty much the entire game, almost the entire game was covered by them. And even today on Sunday, Ryu was knocked out after three and a third. So you're kind of seeing more of the the eating up innings guys. You know, we saw Ross Tripling for a couple innings. He threw only nine pitches in the first game. You probably see him in a couple innings in your normal situations, but to say that the bullpen's maybe subpar because the guys that, first of all, like you mentioned, you know, Saucedo, uh, Trent Thornton, I don't know if we're necessarily expecting them to eat up a lot of innings on a healthy roster. So from that perspective, I'm not overly concerned. I think it's it's fair to say that Jordan Romano is a lock for that ninth inning, and he's he's really he doesn't look like he's ever going to crack under pressure, knock on wood. But... From that perspective, I'm not necessarily concerned. I think it's just the the effects and the after effects of the starting rotation not eating up enough innings, not necessarily doing as well as you expect, kind of trickled down to the bullpen, who already, uh, you know, we talked about last year how the bullpen depth was tested probably beyond its limits. It's already, I think, reaching that point, even with the core four from last year. I don't even remember. I, I, I don't think we saw Trevor Richards. We didn't see him today. I don't think we saw him at all this series unless it was a small inning or a small yeah, outing. one i think we had one or, yeah one appearance oh, okay so yeah a little bit of an appearance out of him but as the season goes on as you know the settlement or as guys settle in it will be a lot better and i think it's it's i know in toronto a lot of times the media the fans everyone likes to overreact over you know every type of game to be completely honest but 159 games or 100 yeah 100, whatever it is I, i'm not too great at math but 159 games left games. <laughs> 159 games left we've still got a lot of time got a lot of ground to make up and really it's it's it, it's not even may it's or it's not even close to the middle of april we have a lot of time for things to get a lot better kevin gosman he's going to be here for five years obviously we talk about guys like barrios manoa they're here for a long time and are they bound to have bad starts absolutely is it ideal to have it on opening day not really but it's going to get a lot better from here and if you're off i'm not and as i said in the start you don't want your offense to have to carry but if it can combine combine you know the home opener combine pretty much every game with a good starting pitcher or good outing from your your pitching staff and this is easily a 100 win season from from this team with that type of offense and that type of pitching so 
exciting opening weekend. Now we see the team go to New York. I think they have like a few back-to-back where they go home road, home road for a couple series uh, in a row. But we'll see them in New York. We'll see what they can do. A nice ALE showdown. But, yeah, it's, it's overall a very exciting series, and I can't wait to see where the rest of the season goes. Yeah, just one final note on the pitching. Like you said, like in a normal series, we in, in an ideal series, we might expect, you know, maybe nine or ten innings from the bullpen total. We got pretty much that in the first game with Jose Brios being out after one out. So, yeah, in a normal situation, you're not going to be at the depth of which you have to go to Trent Thornton, you have to go to Taylor Saucedo, you have to go to those guys. Obviously, every once in a while you will in a certain game where those guys don't hold up to pressure. The starters get out early like we saw in this series. But in an ideal world, you're not ha- going to have to rely on those guys, and not having that depth will be a problem. So, yeah, I, I think by and large we can all say we're not concerned about the pitching. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about some of the other standout performances. I think the one guy that everyone's talking about right now is Santiago Espinal. Um, he started the series, started the season, not even in the starting lineup. Um, it seems like the Blue Jays' plans as of right now are to go with a platoon with him and Biggio. Biggio starting against right-handed pitchers, Espinal starting against left-handed pitchers. Um, and then as the game progressed on Friday, we saw Biggio come out, Espinal come in. Same thing happened on Saturday when the Blue Jays put Espinal in to face a left-handed pitcher. And then today, in today's game on Sunday, we saw Espinal starting against a right-handed pitcher. And then later in the game, we saw Kevin Biggio pinch hit still against a right-handed pitcher. So, I mean, our idea of what they're planning to do is for them to have a platoon with those two guys, but it seems like the plans are shifting a little bit already, and a lot of people are impressed with what um, with what Santiago Espinal was able to do at the plate. Absolutely, and when he came out on Friday night, obviously that was one of the energy boosters they needed, and he had a really clutch hit, which was one of the first runs that got them back into the game. So this was pretty much coming into the season. We expected this platoon. I think, Mark, you said almost a 60-40. I said 50-50. Jacob, I know you're the highest out of all three of us on Santiago Espinal, so there you go on that one. But, I mean, it's just it's interesting because of what you were saying today of how he did start against the right-handed pitchers. So clearly they were riding with the, the hotter hand today in particular, but uh, in Game 1 and Game 2, we clearly saw what they were doing with the matchups. And, of course, Kevin Biggio, who didn't have exactly a terrific uh, first couple games, which is also the reason why... Espinal played the third game, which was today. So it's going to be just, I think, a back-and-forth shuffle unless uh, Santiago Espinal continues to play like this and sustain this. He's going to overtake Kevin Biggio throughout the year at some point if this continues. But if Kevin Biggio you know, starts to play better and after these first three games, then it's going to remain a platoon. So it, it's just something that I think they're going to kind of monitor day by day, which is completely fair, of course. And, of course, you know, it, just coming into the season, it's something that we were always looking at, and it was pretty much something we were looking at last year because we were all we were all anticipating Marcus Simeon to depart at the end of the year. So that's why, as much as it doesn't surprise us to see how they've been fitting into the lineup, Espinal's production at the plate in particular has definitely been surprising. It's definitely been eye-catching because of that. And we know the weight he gained throughout the year. He added some muscle uh, to himself, and, of course, that's helped him. And, I mean, you've seen the difference um, already. And, again, going back to that first game, he had a really – he had a double into the gap, which was which was a really hard-hit ball. And, of course, um, coming off the bench again on Saturday, he had the same thing. So, 
not only is he just playing well off the bench, he's hitting solid baseball and he's having really good contact at the plate. And of course, we know that he's a, a really good fielder. And Kevin Biggio actually had a couple fumbles at second base. So clearly after the first series, it definitely lies in favor of Espinal. And of course, there's a chance that could change throughout the year. But right now, he's definitely been the guy that's pretty much taken advantage of the slim opportunities that, that he had because he started only today, which is his only start of the year. He came off the bench uh, Friday and Saturday in game two. And game one and game two. So that's what we've kind of been seeing. So I'm fine with it. I really am fine with it. And if it goes to a point where they decide to choose one guy over the other, I think one of those guys has to earn that spot. And I think right now Espinal is definitely on the right track to do so. So we'll see how Kevin Biggio responds. But at the end of the day, in an ideal world, we need both guys going at the same time to make this team even better. So hopefully Biggio, you know, starts to pick it up a little bit this week because Espinal's really gotten off to a really fast start. Yeah, I'll be honest. As much as I like Kevin Biggio and as much as I like the story of him, Bichette, Guerrero all coming up together, I think Charlie Montoya and everybody involved is going to have to make a tough decision because at some point, I know he's a left-handed bat and I know the Blue Jays, other than him, it's what, Raymel Tapia and the, I don't even know if there's any more, but maybe some in, in, I think, the minors and whatnot. But, Bradley Zimmer now too. Oh, Bradley, yeah, so Bradley Zimmer. So they have some options, but uh, Kevin Biggio is definitely valuable from that perspective, but at some point... If Espinal's outplaying you defensively and now offensively, I really, I hate to say it, but I think Kevin Biggio's kind of got to earn his spot back. And you don't want to say something like that. You don't want to see something like that. Obviously, he came up, he was part of that awful 2019 team, part of the rebuild. He came back, he obviously played a lot 2020. Last season, as much as I'm willing to call it a write-off for him, and I am because obviously he was plagued by injuries, it's at the point now where you kind of, you need offensive and defensive performance and we've talked pretty much all offseason all last season really going into this season how the Blue Jays are not in a we'll see what happens for next season they're in a win now mode and that's why they go out get Kevin Gosman they go out trade for Matt Chapman and extend him for two more years or, or for uh or sign him to a two-year contract to bring him back next season so if you're Kevin Biggio you you kind of are auditioning for a role at this point and, and maybe I'm completely wrong on that but I think at some point it's got to be Espinal's position, really, to just for, for the taking until he proves that he can't. And I'm not saying that that means he's in there the entire game. Obviously, you can take him out and and shift based off of matchups and whatnot. And we saw kind of a reverse of that today, where he or, uh, where Biggio came off the bench. But at some point, I think we're gonna have to see a starting second baseman, if that makes sense. And if that's Santiago Espinal, who's career 298 hitter, I know it's bit of 2020 a lot of 2021 but a career hitter that is significantly better regardless of the sample size which is probably relatively similar sample size to Biggio but if you have a hitter that is outperforming somebody and I'm not saying he's a power hitter but outperforming in terms of just getting on driving in runs when need be I think that Santiago Espinal is kind of quietly emerging as a sleeper on this team and at the end of the day I think it was Ryan Goins this was this was maybe five six years ago but Ryan Goins it was him and Devin Travis kind of competing for that second baseman role. And, and Goins said that he wanted to make the job or the decision for the second baseman job as difficult as possible. And Santiago Espinal is doing that right now. And I, I think, you know, maybe you guys have a different perspective. I know I was very high on him on the predictions episode, but I think it's Espinal's job. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he takes all four starts, at least in that New York series, or at least three of the four. So it'll be interesting to see how they uh, how they shift this is it a platoon or is this really you know one person's job really for the taking yeah you guys know that 
I'm a little bit higher on Kevin Biggio than both of you. I like him, but I do think the time is running out. Like, I think he's a high potential guy. He won MVP in Double A in that 2018 season when we saw Vlad and Bo have their incredible minor league seasons as well. He came up right after Vladdy. He put up the numbers in 2020. But I think the time is running out for him to prove it. I think Santiago Espinal is here. Santiago Espinal is, as of right now, the better option for the Blue Jays to play. And Kevin Biggio has to prove that he can be in there every day at second base and be a viable guy and provide plus value for the Blue Jays. Because right now, Santiago Espinal is doing that. So, And I know like last year, there was the excuses of the neck stuff and all those injuries that he was dealing with. And, you know, he wasn't totally healthy all year. I think this season, there's no longer that excuse. So if he's not able to put up those numbers in that production, sooner or later, Santiago Espinal is going to be that guy. And again, I've said this before, I don't think Santiago Espinal is as good as he is right now or as good as he was towards the end of last season when he was really, really hot. He's going to be someone who runs hot and cold. That's anyone in baseball, but especially a guy who's not playing every day. So I don't know if we can totally buy in with the performance that Santiago Espinal has put up so far. I know, Jacob, you would think otherwise. You're totally buying into what he's done. But again, I I think bottom line, even if Santiago Espinal isn't this good day in and day out, the Blue Jays or Kevin Biggio is running out of time to prove that he deserves that playing time. And soon we might end up in a situation where Espinal is starting every day. I don't think it's going to be tomorrow. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be the series against the Yankees. I think we might see it further down the line. Um, whether it's against the Red Sox. The Red Sox have two series, I think, this month against the Blue Jays. So maybe towards the end of the month, we start to see that playing time shift and the Blue Jays make a full commitment towards Espinal starting and Biggio on the bench if that's how they continue to play. Um, let's talk more about Friday's game. Of course. Because that was a fun one. We were All three of us were there in person, and we would not have missed it for the world because it was an incredible game. Um, Bryson, you said it was the best home opener you've ever been to. I yeah. think for Jacob and I, it's the best game we've ever been to in person, or at least the best atmosphere. Blue Jays down 7-0. to zero. They come all the way back. They tie it on a Teoscar Hernandez three-run bomb. And then the Rangers take another lead. They make it 8-7. to seven. The Blue Jays score again. This time Teoscar Hernandez coming all the way home. There's a video review uh, at the plate, on the play of the plate, he's originally called out. The Blue Jays challenge it. Um, Teoscar Hernandez is clearly safe on replay, and I think this was my favorite moment from the whole night. Um, all the fans cheering safe and chanting safe. And then this year, we have the new umpire announcements where they're mic'd up and they announce the results to the crowd. And when that was announced, I know we've all seen the highlight video and we were all there in person. It is the most insane reaction I've ever seen for a video replay. And to just think that that's opening day, and I know the atmosphere for the rest of the weekend wasn't quite the same. I was there Saturday, we were all here Sunday. It wasn't quite the same. There wasn't that type of energy. But you can you can see the potential of what this stadium can be and what this fan base can be. And we know what it is from 2015 and 2016, but it's so exciting to see that return and just what an insane game on Friday and what a way to start one of 162 um, you know, we're in for the long haul this season, whatever this season may hold, but just to see that, that, that's the way 
things kick off and that the Blue Jays are have the potential to come back from 7-0, are never going to quit, are able to get the crowd behind them like that and create such an electric atmosphere. Um, it was crazy. It was a crazy game, and it was so much fun to be at. And I think that's going to be, you know, at the end of the season, we're going to do our end-of-season awards. I think that's probably going to be one of the top games on the list just because of how special it was in so many different degrees, you know, outside of baseball. This is the first game the Blue Jays have back at home, the first home opener since 2019, the first sold-out game at the Rogers Center since the beginning of the 2018 season. Um, it's a special moment for baseball in Toronto, a special moment for sports in Toronto, and to see them celebrate it in such a way, Barrios aside, everything else being so special, uh, it was just an awesome game. It really was, and I think the biggest, I guess, takeaway that I have and what I was most impressive or impressed about was that when it was 7 nothing, you felt obviously the atmosphere got sucked out of the building, which is obviously expected in a game like that. But for the atmosphere to return and to even get louder than it was in the first inning at some point in the middle innings, that I found was the most interesting and the most, I guess, standout for me because of that. Because we know how fast the Jays really got back into it. It just felt at first it wasn't it was going to be a really long night. And then, of course, around I think the second or third, that's when they just started getting base hits. And then that's when I pretty much felt the game slowly turn. Now, I wasn't really necessarily predicting a comeback at that point, but you definitely felt the Jays were starting to get into the game. And, of course, obviously the next inning when they uh, tied it, that was pretty much obviously when that happened. So that's why you felt the game turn, and they definitely um, came up with that, and they definitely produced. So the the, the start to the movie was wild, uh, first of all. So, But, yeah, I mean, just the atmosphere itself, the lights going off when there was a home run, just everything about Friday was pretty much – exciting and it really just it was a great way to tee up the start of the season other than Barrios like you're talking about Mark so hopefully he can figure things out uh for a start on Wednesday but that start on Friday it was it's definitely up there in terms of my best games that I've been to best home opener yes and of course aside from the wild card game in 2016 you can really make an argument that it's up there for one of the second best games that I've been to but yeah the atmosphere for the people who were there it just is just because also 2018 was the last seller like you were talking about Mark it just it's weird because you never it's it was just bizarre to see the crowd that big even in the pregame intro so that's another thing i kind of took away from i know you know there's a giveaway going on there's a bobblehead day on the saturday so overall a great weekend a great scene at rogers center but yeah that friday game it's something that we're going to look back on at the end of the year and really remember of how great it was to start the season like that so we've seen it in april and it kind of leads things the way in terms of what is it going to look like in October? And that's the really one thing that I can't even begin to imagine what it will look like. But that video replay, I know we didn't really talk about it. It was kind of a quiet addition that they added this year. That was insane. Chanting safe, safe, safe. And then, of course, the umpire making an announcement like you're watching a football game or like watching a hockey game. It's just it's bizarre to see in baseball, but it totally fits. And I think also, you know, the umpires definitely I think they got rid of those headsets, too. So they yeah. really made the technology modern when they're <laughs> on the video replay room. So. Baseball finally did a really good job with the the uh, scoring system for review, and I'm really happy that the umpire making those announcements, it really does fit into the game because when you first thought of it, you didn't really know how to feel about it, but with the atmosphere on Friday, it definitely felt great, and of course, that comeback, 7 nothing. I mean, I don't know why we even doubted this team. So, I mean, <laughs> at first, it just it didn't feel like that was going to happen, but it, it, uh, it eventually did happen, and of course, the Jays didn't look back from there. Just to, to jump in here, you mentioned how strange it was to have yeah. the full crowd there i think the blue jays were also a little bit thrown yeah. off by the full crowd because we were there and i mean the concourses were packed obviously as you would expect but we saw or at least i saw 
multiple concession stands that were refilling on beer at multiple occasions throughout the game. And the lines, we were near the flight deck, the lines at the flight deck to get beer at the two concession stands there were insane. They were wrapping practically around out of the flight deck into the normal concourse area, which is crazy. And I know it's a little bit different because half the flight deck was shut down for a private event. But um, yeah, that was just, I, I think the Blue Jays were also surprised. They were a little bit thrown off by how busy it was. Yeah, and one thing I do want to say before we uh, before we move on, section two hundred five, that safe chant was because of us. That <laughs> that was, I'll be honest, like I think one of the things I just enjoyed how loud it was, and yeah, baseball at times can sound a little boring to the average person, how it you know it can get a little quiet, but that game it it felt as if you were at a concert, and it it. it it, it felt as if, you know, baseball was modern again or, or modern, you know, finally. And I think the best part is the Blue Jays won that game because I think the last thing you want is to to have the first full crowd. You know, it almost reminds me of, uh, I think, the the home opener-ish against the Royals where they, they win. It's just it, it's like the Cinderella story. It's the perfect moment. You win. Everybody's finally there for the first time in a long time. I think it was, I mean, we all went to games last year, but this is the first full house, the first home opener I think that I've ever been to it's definitely the best game I've ever been to so just overall it was I guess the best way to put it and and this is going to sound really cheesy but it almost felt magical in the sense that they were down like they were down before they even had a double digit or two outs really like it was it was brutal basically before it even started and they finally come back I think one thing that was interesting we were kind of sitting in an area where we didn't get the full outfield or like the, the full view of every single thing like we had a perfect view I'm not, I'm not going to complain necessarily about that but the Teoscar Hernandez home run we kind of gauged our reaction based off of what the crowd did so I was like okay sh- like should I react should I not and, and I think that was just awesome it was just everyone coming together you know the, shout out to the 2015 slogan but it was it was an amazing game and honestly I I don't think anything will ever top it I mean we'll see I think it's what the uh, Oakland A's coming back towards the end of the week that'll definitely be an interesting series I know it'll be a little bit of a reunion for uh for Matt Chapman but very very entertaining weekend and I think if you're pretty much any Blue Jay that is on a relatively near expiring contract then you're thinking this is a team that I think I want to stay with and if you're Kevin Gosman you're uh, you're Jose Barrios you're one of these you know Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Bo Bichette who are on long-ish deals but you know with those guys they're starting to get to arbitration if you're one of these guys you're thinking dang how do I stay here and how do I be a part of this because a sellout crowd, first sellout, as we mentioned, multiple, multiple years ago, or since that time, it's going to be, uh, man, like, I think eventually we're going to all need to go see hearing doctors after that, because it's very good, it's very entertaining, and I think that it only can get better from here, from from this team's perspective. And they're good, they're young, they're good, they have control, the fans are behind them, the country's behind them, I know we saw a tweet uh, just before I wrap it up, from I think it was Calgary, a lot of people coming to Toronto for the game as of Friday morning. Like if you're one of these players, I would I, I as much as as a fan, I never want to go cheer for another team. I would never want to play for another team, let alone, you know, if I was one of these players. So it's just it, it's great, and I think it, especially with those the the review, it's it definitely brings. It's not like the biggest change, but it's a change that's I think very welcome to a lot of other fans. Yeah, and when we talk about baseball having to grow it's a very subtle change but it does improve a lot from the fan perspective so you mentioned the noise um i think part of that i i think they redid the sound system 
apparently. If I'm not mistaken. It's not like a big difference, yeah. but you can definitely tell it's a lot louder in there. And, you know, Friday, the fans were insane, obviously, not taking anything away from that. But I think Saturday and Sunday, both games, I noticed that it seemed a lot louder than it had been previous years. Like, conversations that you could have before now while there's music playing or sound effects playing you cannot have the same conversations which you know there's a give and take to that but um okay the last thing i want to talk about is a new hashtag (laughs) um (laughs) hashtag next level uh we talked about this before i'm not the biggest fan (laughs) i think it's a bit cheesy i know all the hashtags are cheesy um i know ones from previous years haven't really stuck like Blue Grit, hashtag We Are Blue Jays. Neither of those seem to really stick. Hashtag Let's Rise, I don't think was a big sticking point as well. Um, but you go back, obviously, to the hashtag Come Together, hashtag Our Moment. Those ones were big hashtags. Um, I think Let's Rise, I think they're leaning into it a little bit more than they have previous hashtags. Or, excuse me, um, Next Level. They're leaning into it a little bit more. And I think because of that, the weakness of it is showing because they have it on the branding everywhere and they talk about it a lot. They're, they're talking, you know, on the loudspeaker of you're ready to take the Blue Jays to the next level. And when they're, they're tweeting video highlights, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. just took it to the next level. And it's kind of cringy. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of it. I get what they're going for after 2021. This is the Blue Jays stepping it up and becoming that championship team that we've always dreamed about but yeah i'm not totally sold on it yeah i mean i didn't really think of it on the friday just because of whatever everything that was going on but after that kind of i think yesterday was when i really was like oh yeah this is the new hashtag so and of course it's been trending all over canada i think top and on twitter throughout the entire weekend so it's kind of hard to miss but yeah obviously i you know i don't mind it i'm definitely a little bit more on board with it than you are, but still not one of their best, obviously. Jacob, you said it earlier. I think the best one that they did have was Come Together, which was in 2015. And the following year, I thought they did really well with Our Moment. But honestly, past 2017, like 18, 19, 20, I completely forgot what those hashtags were until you brought it up. So we're definitely going to remember Next Level. I mean, that's something that's you can't really get out of your mind now. And it's I guess it's only fitting because, like you were saying, Next Level for a team who... You know, a young team, stepping stones for a team that missed out of the playoffs by one game. The next level, obviously, the playoffs and a lot of what people are talking about, the AL East and what Jake has been talking about before, the World <laughs> Series. So it makes sense. But, yeah, I mean, they're definitely overusing it. But maybe it's an opening weekend thing. Maybe they back off of it a little bit. But at the end of the day, as much as it, you could find it cringy, it doesn't bother me too much. It's just, again, it's hard to not notice it so that's why but if i had to give my rankings i would say 2015 and 2016 were definitely one and two for me in terms of those hashtags and i know i I, okay i was lying a little bit before but blue grid i do remember from last year but the the let's rise one i completely forgot about so that's one i think was 2017 or 18 but yeah it's just other than those i think the sticking points were 2015 2016 and perhaps this year if all goes well it's going to be easy to remember this one as well so jacob i'll let you share your thoughts and i hope you have some sort of joke for us on this so if we were uh, remote i'd probably have a joke but i don't know if i can uh, yeah <laughs> not not right now at least but uh, <laughs> uh i i think the the hashtag it's it's okay i mean i'm i've kind of come to accept that there's going to be a new one every year and i get why you're one out of ten what do you give it uh, i'm gonna give it 
a four out of ten. It's okay, f- five out of ten. Five out of ten. I'll give it a five out of ten. It's not bad. I understand taking it to the next level, but it almost reminds me of when that like out of touch person tries to come in with the younger generation. It's like, yeah, guys, uh, it's lit or something like that. <laughs> like it's not awful, but it could be better. I know it's the reaction here. It's it it's, it shows how bad my analogy was but i like you mentioned come together i said that i thought i've what is it maybe seven years later still think that's their best hashtag and it's i think what what's good about it is it's like you can make any word relative to the blue jays and obviously on twitter you can put the logo beside it but i think what was good about come together is kind of the way they stylized it where it was come and then t-o with like the um like the t and the o were capitalized and the uh and like the period in the middle so it was like t.o like toronto that was, it was obviously trying to say it was, you know, we're coming together for Toronto, and that's what I liked about it, whereas with Next Level, it's like, it's okay, like, I get it, it's, we're probably going to see a new one next year, but it's it's not my favorite, but I feel like it's just something that, you know, we're going to see every year, but yeah, I would like to see, and I know this is not going to happen, but I would maybe like to see them stay with one, almost like, the, I'm pretty sure the, like the Raptors, we are, or we the North, or... Uh, what is the Leafs? Leafs forever now, I think. Something like that, where it's like you automatically associate that with the team. I think that would be nice. But from a marketing perspective, it it definitely is used a lot. It's fresh. This, yeah, it's fresh. And I think as the season goes on, I think we'll kind of not react to it as much. We'll be like, yeah, whatever. It's a, you know another Blue Jays commercial. But I think maybe the best option is to stay with one. And you know, it, we'll see where I think that goes. I don't think that's likely, but you know, something like come together or. Even we are Blue Jays. I don't even mind that. Like I think something like that, where it, it clearly represents the team, the like something related to the team that you want to keep uh, in the in the back of people's minds. I gotta be honest. I think if I'm <laughs> if I'm ranking these, uh, we are Blue Jays is below next level. I think it's original. like what does it mean? Like what what does we are Blue Jays like? <laughs> Thank you, Jacob. <laughs> I don't know what it means. Like, I don't know. I to me, it means nothing. We are blue. Like, yeah, you're the Blue Jays. We we get it. That's why we're watching these games. So yeah, that's to me, that's like an all time low. But yeah, next level, I'm I'm not a big fan. But I I think I'm right around where you are. Probably five out of ten. But um, yeah. I mean, semantics aside, you know, branding aside, an incredible weekend. Um, do you guys have any final thoughts about? What happened with the Blue Jays this weekend? Individual performances we saw, overall takeaways that we can look at, and a look forward to the Yankees. Yeah, I guess final takeaways. Well, first of all, I love the new Jumbotron. I know we didn't really talk about that. We only kind of talk about it when it was under renovation, so I love that. I love the new graphics they're using. Um, but in terms of individual, I mean, for us, I mean, we got to see Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Home, uh, take a home run, George Springer, Matt Chapman, so many names, Danny Jansen a couple times, Teoscar and Anna is definitely the highlight for me throughout this weekend, minus today, I know he had a tough day at the plate. So those, in terms of that, because of how cool those moments were, and especially on Friday in particular, no matter who it was hitting a home run, the building pretty much popped out of the roof, and I'm sure the camera was almost shaking too on TV. So all of that uh, on a broadcasting note, it's good to see Buck Martinez back at Rogers Center in person with Dan Shulman. It just feels like you know everything's kind of 
getting back to normal, especially the fact that we saw opening day in Toronto. It was really good to see Jamie Campbell, to see the fight he has ahead of him, and of course him showing up this weekend and throughout the year. It was just really good to see him, of course, and that he's in good spirits. So overall, I just thought this weekend was really good from, you know, from the on-field to going around the stadium to the atmosphere to the, the marketing besides the <laughs> hashtag. You know, it just everything about it too. Rogers Center, I thought, did really well too. I mean, the lighting, again, I'll touch on it one more time, really cool because it's something that I kind of forgot about, but I remember reading about it and kind of figuring out that they redid the LED lights and the fact to just turn off the lights and the blue lights just showed up was definitely something that kind of shocked me. But... Overall, really, really good weekend. So can't wait for this week in New York. I'm actually really excited for that because Jays and Yankees series are always entertaining. But the fact that the Yankees also have gotten off to a good start, it's going to be interesting. And, of course, I'm really kind of interested to see how Jose Barrios bounced back on Wednesday. And Alec Manoa, I mean, that's the guy that we haven't seen yet. One of the guys that a lot of people are talking about in terms of a breakout player this year, and I know none of us really had him on the top of the list, but he's definitely up there in contention. Really you know, intrigued to see how he does because the starting pitching overall throughout the first three days hasn't been exactly great. So maybe the first start comes from him. And of course, you're always interested to see the new guy and that'll be Yusei Kikuchi on Thursday or sorry, on Tuesday. So we'll see what happens with that. So give it to you, Jacob. I got to be honest. Baseball is baseball. It was entertaining. All th- like all, th- all three of <laughs> all three of the games were or I mean I didn't wa- I wasn't fully I wasn't at the second one but the games that I was at the game that I was able to watch it's Blue Jays you know you expect it you expect that type of good performance but I think the biggest thing for me is just the fact that I don't remember which one of you that said it but it just feels as if it's normal you can go to the Rogers Center you're not like I know there are restrictions you can't necessarily go and stand at an area that's not your seat or whatever but you can just go in and watch it as if it was 2019 just with a better team and it to me that's the thing that I'm most excited about and I'm excited to just see how the rest of the season goes on uh, I'm glad nobody mentioned the pregame antics on Friday um, where I got lost a little bit we're not probably oh. probably not going to touch on that, oh, now that you mentioned thank it. god but uh, I think the biggest thing for me is it felt as if it was a normal season and this team, it's gonna be, it's gonna be really good, and I just can't wait to see where this season takes place, or, or where the, where this team goes to. Yeah, now that you mentioned it, um, Jacob got lost on Friday. <laughs> we were trying to meet before the game, and uh, he said he was in Union at the staircase that goes up to track ten and eleven. There's three staircases that go up to track ten and eleven. I walked all around all three of them. He was nowhere to be found. I said, "Meet me out of the York Street Tunnel." He was nowhere to be found. I said, meet me at York and Bremner. He was nowhere to be found. So I said, meet me at the Rogers Center. And it took him about 15 minutes to find it. So, (laughs) Do you want to defend yourself? Let me clarify. Let me, your honor, uh, let me clarify. So basically, oh man, how do I say this without looking like a fool? Basically, I, I I get to Union Station and you tell me to go to York and I'm looking at the signs. York is nowhere to be found. I go on maps. York is nowhere to be found. I don't, I'm not like, I don't live in Toronto. So I, I had, yeah, no, I don't, clearly not. No. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't have it like in the back of my mind, uh, or like on the back of my, like, I don't know it like the back of my hand. So, uh, w- basically I went on a little bit of an adventure. Uh, I fi- eventually found you guys. We eventually watched the game, but I'm going to blame that one on Apple maps. That's my defense, uh, defense case. We eventually found each other, though. Let everyone know, I also don't live in Toronto. I live in Ottawa. 
I didn't get lost. Um, okay, we'll wrap the podcast up there. Thank you to everyone who listened or watched this episode. Very exciting, us being back in person. We're in a steaming hot car, and the windows are fogging up, so we're happy to get out of here. Um, but what an opening weekend it was, and we're looking forward to the upcoming days with the Blue Jays at Yankee Stadium. As always, you can find our podcast on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash section138pod. You can find us on social media, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at section138pod. And uh, as always, if you enjoy our podcast, you can support us by going to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and giving us a rating and review, which just helps spread the word about what we're doing here. So we will be back on Thursday evening or Friday with another podcast. It will not be in person, but we are looking forward to what comes next for the Blue Jays. Catch you then. <laughs>